0: Well, those of you on YouTube can see I'm all suited up for this one because it's all business between USC and Utah. Taking the field Saturday night in Los Angeles. All the pressure on USC.
1: You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to Locked On Crossover Edition of Locked On Utes and Locked On Pac-12. I'm Spencer McLaughlin, Locked On Pac-12. That is JT Wissersil of Locked On Utes. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everything you need to know about USC and Utah can be found right here. Today's episode brought to you by Fanduel. Official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com right now. New customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed. When you visit Fandle.com slash Locked On to get started. So JT and I are here, ready to talk about this. I'm fresh off a volleyball broadcast for Southern Utah, so we're all suited up. But it feels appropriate, JT, because this, as Lee Corso would say, strictly business between USC and Utah. And I put the pressure here squarely on the Trojans. They're at home. They got embarrassed last week. And Utah does not have a quarterback that would start on any other Pac-12 contender or even a non-contender like Washington State or Arizona. I, I think that everything looks at USC and says they're favored for a reason. But boy, if they lose this game, it is
1: even worse than losing at Notre Dame last week. It is. USC should win this game. And I went into this week thinking they would win this game. But the more and more I peel back this USC team on tape, the more and more flaws I see. And I think it's important to remember and I know this is obvious, but football is a team game. Like we can get enamored with Caleb Williams against Bryson Barnes. They're this like not even the same universe planet whatever you want to say. But let's look at the rest of the roster. Let's look at a Utah team that is 5 and 1 despite missing Having Cam Rising out, Bryson uh, also Brant out, but like multiple other offensive players, defensive players, like lots of guys in and out of the lineup. There's a lot of reasons the season already could have gone awry for Utah, and it hasn't. Because of the coaching and because of this is what's going to be the difference in the game to me, the talent in the trenches. We're going to talk about it more in the second segment with matchups that define the game, but that's just where I really think Utah has an advantage here. This Utah team top to bottom, I think is a better overall team than USC. Now, USC's strengths that they have might allow them to beat Utah, especially at home, but man, there are some major flaws with this USC Trojans team. And I just don't, the more I watch them, the more I just, as talented and as great as I think Caleb Williams is, I think he's as good as everyone hypes him up to be NFL draft-wise. I just think there's some real issues with this roster and team overall, especially like not with the, the flashy stuff's never the issue with USC, right? They got the receivers. They got the fast running backs. They got even a tight end who can make some plays. And we know Caleb Williams is unbelievable. But the defensive side of the ball, the offensive line, all those major issues and offensive line, defensive side of the ball, Pretty decent things for Utah, especially with the way the offensive line, which was a little shaky early in the season, looked last week. So as I mentioned, the more I break these teams down, I I just feel good about Utah because of how well they execute and how strong they are as an overall team.
0: I I agree that the team is more well put together on the Ute side of things. The reason I lean USC, and it's actually my favorite bet of the week for the Pac-12 prime picks, which uh, were on yesterday's show, Uh, because we're doing this one today. I like the Trojans minus seven to win this football game because they're at home, because you have the bounce back factor. And I think for USC, you know, people were talking early in the season about Alex Grinch needing to simplify things on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's true offensively as well. I saw something floating around Twitter or X, whatever you call it the other day. And It was the team rushing grade for the season per PFF. Number one in the Pac-12, Oregon. No surprise. Good offensive line, outstanding running backs, led by Bucky Irving. Number two, USC. And it felt to me last week, JT, like the run game was not as much a feature of the offense as it needs to be. And I think that Lincoln Riley teams at their best have been balanced. They have certainly had great Heisman caliber quarterback play, but they haven't been a full air raid. They've had air raid components, but it has not been a full air raid. So when I look at Marshawn Lloyd in this game and the USC offensive line, and even Caleb Williams running the football, I think if USC does that, they can be just fine. And I saw one, I think it was an NFL draft scout, say that Caleb Williams against Notre Dame looked like he was going for you know, a a five point play on every single throw or trying to score. I forget the exact phraseology, but, you know, the equivalent in baseball of hitting a five run homer with a swing. It's like he has to get back to taking what the defense gives him, still making those explosive plays. But I think the way you kind of settle him in against a nasty Utah front four is you have some semblance of a run game to set up some play action shots, get him going in the quick passing game. Early And I think that he'll be just fine. He had a bad game last year against Oregon State, had a bunch of great games after that. I'm really confident in him this week. I am, especially at home. Utah's defense is not going to make it easy on him, but that's the thing that I'm looking for stylistically in this game from Lincoln Riley and the Trojans with the pressure squarely on their shoulders. How much do they put on the shoulders of Caleb Williams?
1: Yeah, they'd love to get the run game going, and I do believe. I think Caleb's going to have a bounce-back game. The Utah defensive backs, I think they are very good, and they will make some plays against this USC talented receiving core. But when you're playing Caleb Williams at home, these receivers, and not like the home advantage is amazing, but just coming off the disappointment on the road. It's always easier to play at home than it is on the road. I do expect USC to have some big plays. They're going to struggle to run the ball in this game, because Spencer, any guesses of where Utah ranks in uh, rushing yards allowed per game in the FBS? Oh,
0: let let me let me take a stab here. I did not prep this stat, so I'm <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually going to guess because I I did not have that prepped. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eighth nationally.
1: They're the number one run defense in the country so I I underestimated
0: the Utes as you yeah
1: (laughs) so this is a really good front (laughs) set a lot of talent where like I said we'll get into more the second segment but they're going to really struggle to run the ball and also you mentioned how good USC has been rushing the ball this is where I feel like we do have to take a little bit of a deep dive at their schedule and say why is that okay San Jose State Nevada Stanford Arizona State Colorado's defense no thank you Arizona they play the best run defense they played all season in Notre Dame and then multiple third and short and just short yard situations they're getting stood up so I I would be shocked if That rushing stat you brought up for USC, if that holds at the end of the season, because the talent in the front seven, they're going to be playing the rest of the season is a lot more intense than what they face so far. Throughout the year. So I really believe in this Utah's defense's ability to stop the run. And I know they can get after the quarterback too. No player in Power Five football has more sacks than Jonah Ellis. And I think he's going to have a really good game here. And Jonah Ellis rushes from the right side. So he won't be going against the right tackle a lot. But USC's right tackle in particular. I'm not trying to, there's multiple players on the USC offensive line, but on the right side, especially, they really struggle with protection. And Utah has other defensive ends. One guy had two sacks last week. Another player who's kind of getting back in the fold, he had his first. Game action last week, Kyle Whittingham actually called that guy going into the season, his name's Connor O'Toole, the best pass rusher on this roster. And now we're going to see that defensive front, and that's not mentioning elite defensive tackles who can push the pocket, getting after Caleb Williams in what I expect to be a lot of third and longs. Caleb's going to make some plays, but I do think Utah's going to get after him. Just like last year, look, when Utah played USC in the first half at Rice-Eccles Stadium, USC scored 28 points in the first half. They only scored a combined, they only scored 14 in the second, and in the Pac-12 championship game, in the second and third quarters combined, USC scored a total whopping of three points against this Utah defense. If you want a defensive coordinator or just a defense to stop Utah, to stop USC, excuse me, you're taking Morgan Scully and the Utah Utes based on what they did last year and how strong they've been to start the season.
0: Yeah, I I think you would, and it'll come down to a chess match of adjustments at some level, but also, as we've talked about the USC offensive line just straight up hasn't been good. I think Caleb Williams no. is the most pressured quarterback yeah. in the last few weeks in all of college football, even more than Shador Sanders at Colorado and we know that that offensive line isn't any good either. But there are a yeah, lot of yeah, matchups to watch Sanders. in this game.
1: <laughs> you can just I mean he every chance he gets he throws them under the bus. I'm not saying he's wrong, but dang. I mean he just does it all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no that's that, that that's true, but I I think that um there are a lot of matchups that are going to define <laughs> this game. One of them that I want to ask you about is not having Cole Bishop who was ejected for a a targeting foul. The appeal was denied. That might've frustrated some Utah players. I would advise they go seek out someone who is bringing this show to you. And that is better help. If you feel like your brain is getting in its own way, not in the, you know, targeting sense, but in the like, just can't quiet yourself down. Can't calm down. Can't get into a good headspace You know what you should do what's good for you, but you just can't do it better help is the way to go. If you've been thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire. Get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on college today. Get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com locked on college college FanDuel has got this line at what USC minus seven I think they're covering that spread I know it's a lot of points I know it's a lot of points I just even against Alex Grinch on the road I can't get behind Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson but if you feel differently go bet this line huge plus seven you can get that over at FanDuel America's number one sports book right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five Dollar bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. JT, are Locked On Utes listeners and viewers aware of the importance of a second segment sip for every podcast? Do they know?
1: I, I, I Remember, I've sh- I told you, I've shouted it out before. Okay,
0: okay, okay. So just I, took know, just dur- sure. I
1: took mine during the ad read. I, I snuck in the opportunity early. I mm-hmm. had to jump the gun.
0: Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay, that's all right. As long as we both got it, we're ready to yeah. keep things going here. I want to start with that matchup, though, uh, mm-hmm. that is going to take place in the first half of this game. Cole Bishop ejected yeah. for targeting in the second half of the Cow game. I'm going to once again take whatever platform I've got here to reiterate that targeting is a rule. I'm perfectly fine with it existing. In no world should we ever be ejecting and suspending kids. We are holding them to a standard. Professionals are not held to no. It is completely and it is completely and utterly ridiculous. You're taking away opportunities to play. If there is not something clearly malicious. You should not be suspending kids, period, point blank, end of story. But the NCAA isn't worried about that. They're worried about Jim Harbaugh, you know, going full Bill Belichick here in Spygate, apparently. Uh, We'll see how that plays out. They really don't like Jim Harbaugh over there. I don't know what he did to tick him off, but anyway. So let's get back to this game. Cole Bishop out for the first half. Who takes his place, and what does that do to the Utah defense?
1: Nate Ritchie. And I, I said no, when you were making that point, just because of how emphatically I, I did agree with you. I just, I said no, as in, I can't believe that he is suspended that we do hold, we do hold these kids to unrealistic standards. And it's just, it's wild. I totally agree with everything you said on targeting, but going in. Yeah. So it's going to be a big loss for Utah, not having Cole Bishop in the first half, but he does come back in the second half. And Utah is deep at every defensive position, and safety is no exception because you have Sioni Vaki, who made some plays offensively last week that uh, we'll talk about a little more. And we we'll are talk about the Utah offense in a moment. But Sioni Vaki has been exceptional all season for Utah. One of the best safeties in the Pac 12, one of the best tacklers in space, I would also add to. So, big fan of what Sioni Vaki brings. And he's a really good, strong safety. You can play in the box or downfield. Teo Johnson who started the year as a corner and has kind of morphed into this corner safety. He does a little bit of both. He's long, lengthy, really can break up those passes with those long arms. I think he's the guy who gets mixed into the fold. And the main one that Kyle Whittingham mentioned was Nate Ritchie. Nate Ritchie was really good for this Utah team back in 2022. Served his mission, just came back. It's taken him pretty much all offseason to get his legs under him. But just last week, we saw him get home for a sack, and it's starting to look like the Nate Ritchie of old that back in 2020, was one of the best players on this Utah defense. So it's going to be Nate Ritchie stepping up in place of Cole Bishop. He's not as good as Cole Bishop, but he's a very capable and strong safety. That And once again, I don't even know how much we'll see him because they can easily move Teo to the safety spot, play him next to Sioni. And you have th- two corners from last year who did well against USC. U- Utah got gashed against USC last year so much because – their defensive line was unable to get pressure. That's not going to be the case this year. The defensive line is going to be able to get after Caleb Williams, and the the cornerbacks aren't going to be asked to cover for five-plus seconds on every snap like they were last season. So I I just think this Utah defense is a lot better built to contain Caleb Williams and this USC passing attack as much as you can. We both agree that Caleb's going to have a good game and a bounce-back game because he is one of the greatest I, I generally think he's one of the greatest prospects we've ever seen when it comes to like NFL-wise and, mm-hmm. and in general, too, just college quarterback-wise, he's one of the most talented players I've ever seen. But this Utah defense, Morgan Scaly, as I highlighted, too, from a pressure standpoint and some of the playmakers they got in the secondary and there's some really good linebackers, too, I didn't even bring up. There's a reason this is one of the 10 best defenses in college football right now and honestly, if they played the cupcake schedule that like a Michigan had they might even be higher
0: I am always here for a shot at Michigan's joke (laughs) of a non-conference schedule over the last couple of years it is representative of what I continue to remain adamant is the biggest problem in college football because it is and that is scheduling schools have too much individual power but when do I ever get what I want well you know sometimes but not all the time not as often as I'd like anyway let's flip the matchups if I mean just real quick if I'm Lincoln Riley and that USC offense, I, I am looking at what what number does does Bishop's replacement wear?
1: I am not actually, I'm not a Nate Richie. Uh, I don't know his number, but I know it's Nate Richie okay. or Tao well, Johnson. Tao Johnson's 15. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Nate Richie, Tao Johnson, those sorts of guys. If I'm Lincoln Riley, I am looking at that. And for the first half, I'm saying, mm-hmm. I want Brendan Rice on that guy. I want Mario Williams on that guy. I want Taj Washington yeah, on that guy. I want Zachariah Branch on that guy. I, I, I wonder. How specific they are going to be in that, or if they're just going to say eh, they're going to run the same sorts of schemes, they'll play you know, they're going to play him in zone coverage down close to the line of scrimmage, not ask him to do too much in space. I think that chess match is interesting. Let's flip over to the other sides of things the USC defense that has been actually wasn't bad last week, like was actually pretty good against Notre Dame. I don't know how great Notre Dame's offense is, but. I know that USC has looked worse against worse offenses before against less talented teams. So they actually played better. Do do I have a lot of faith that that's going to hold up for an Alex Grinch coach defense? Nope, I don't. I, I really, really don't. But when you look at this USC defense, they're getting a gift and that's that cam rising isn't there. And Dalton Kincaid is in the NFL. So USC fans can avoid the horrors of last year, which was, Okay, we're going to run the football on first down. And then on second down, on this first sequence, we're going to go play action to Dalton Kincaid, okay? Then once we get the first down, we're going to run it on first down again. And even if we don't get anything, we're going to go play action again to Dalton Kincaid. All right, now that didn't work. Okay, it's third and eight. What should we do? Let's throw it to Dalton Kincaid again. I think he had 87 catches for 452 yards and eight touchdowns last year. I think those were his official numbers in the box score. So, That's the good news for USC is you don't have that tandem. Brent Keithy, I don't believe is still there uh, or is is still not available for for this Utah team. It is a limited team from a weapon standpoint. And if I'm if I'm the Trojans, if I'm Alex Grinch, I say we are never putting up a box that is lighter than seven guys. I don't care if you go five wide. I will put seven guys in the box and say, I dare you to throw the football with Bryson Barnes and or Nate Johnson.
1: I think that's the right move. If you are Alex Grinch in this defense and you made a point earlier, Spencer, you're not sold on Bryson Barnes, and Nate Johnson, but can I interest you in Bryson Barnes and Sione Vaki? Yes. That safety I just talked about. He played offense last week, had 150 yards on the ground, two mm. touchdowns and a 70 plus yard rushing touchdown. He's become the wildcat quarterback and just an extra running back for this Utah team. He's actually even like moved ahead of some of the other running backs just because of what an Im- impressive athlete. He is Jaquindon Jackson will still be in the fold. Uh, don't you worry. USC fans based on what he did to you guys last year in the Pac-12 championship game. Anyways, though, yeah, this is a game where I do think Utah, and they'll have a chance to have success running the ball. Spencer, even though the Notre Dame defense, I even though the USC defense played better last week, Notre Dame still had over 200 yards on the ground. They were able to run the ball. Estime had just about 100 yards. He was right there at 95, but as I mentioned, over 200 yards for Notre Dame. I think Utah's going to have a chance to get close to that mark, too, because I think this offensive line is clicking. They made a change at center that's really taking effect. Guys like Satao Maya are starting to hit their stride. Keaton Bills, too. The offensive line is locked in. You got tough backs in Jaquindon Jackson. Just talked about Sioni. and you're right. USC should have a loaded box, but there's going to be one-on-one opportunities on the outside. Utah is not going to be burning and running past USC DBs all day, but Bryson Barnes has shown the ability to complete the deep ball. Just last week, 40-yard pass to Meneer McLean. Season opener, very first pass of the game, Money Parks, 70-yard touchdown. Coach Witt also did talk about how they do need to be a little bit more aggressive. And as Utah always talked about being a little more explosive, yes, but – I can see it on the film where you have a Bryson Barnes who's getting more confident in his arm and you have guys who can win down the field. Plus, I really think Devon Vele is due for a big game here. I feel bad for him. He came back to play with Cam Rising because of everything that's going on. He hasn't had the chance to do that. I think one of these games he's going to really break out here shortly. And one thing that Bryson does a really good job of is he takes care of the football. I think Utah's going to be able to avoid a turnover in the Coliseum and I don't I think I can say that for USC. I think I, I see a strip sack coming. I think it could be a situation where Caleb gets pressured, throws it up and has an interception. I honestly think he's going to have two turnovers in this game because of how good the Utah defense is. So Utah will be operating with a short field offensively a couple times in the game and I think they're going to be able to capitalize on those. So the Utah offense just needs to be good. Utah's not going to walk in, throw up 40 points, even even 30 is going to be tough for them, but they're capable of moving the ball and making plays and Andy Ludwig has also had Alex Grinch's number when you look at what Utah's done schematically yes a lot well to
0: be to be fair a lot of people have had Alex Grinch's number
1: that's a, <laughs> that's a good point that, that is a very good point so I think there's a really good opportunity for Utah here and I'm excited to see if they can capitalize it also I did look I'm locked on Utes guy but I do want to give a one ounce of credit to USC for one thing we have talked about it a little bit I don't think Brendan Rice is getting enough hype for how good he's been this he's season. good
0: he, no, he, he is ben. I think he's better than Mario Williams who's been he's with Caleb Williams, Williams for the last three seasons now going back he's to oklahoma i think than, rice has been
1: dorian singer too just when i watch it, oh yeah singer's been more.
0: i didn't even met when i was listening off the USC I weapons i didn't even think of dorian singer because he's been a non-factor for, for the it most is. part like he's not doing a lot he's yeah. kind of their number four target it's brendan rice it's taj washington it's zachariah branch it's mario branch williams is, and branch
1: and is ben. nice by the way too i do want yeah, to throw that out nice. he's, yeah, Brant, he's, yeah. he's
0: crazy good <laughs> that's dude that is uh not every five star lives up to the hype but a lot of mm-hmm. them do he yes. falls into the ladder of uh, yes. those two categories. He he lives up to the hype. Bird dog shorts also live up to the hype, and we hype them up really, really high here at the Locked On Network with good reason because they make you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts, they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit better than regular shorts, too, that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton so you got to go get your bird dogs because you can wear them to the game you could wear them sitting on the couch and be comfortable you can wear them on a hike walk golf course date anywhere you want to go go to birddogs.com slash locked on college enter promo go locked on college at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order that's birddogs.com locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you All right, wrapping up, JT Wister still have locked on Utes. Spencer McLaughlin here locked on at Pac-12. In, in case you forgot, just thought I'd remind you. So, a lot on the line in this game, JT. It's the game of the week in the Pac-12. Only four games uh, this week. Uh, my Pac-12 prime picks do have a fifth bet on the board. That's the under 53.5 in UCLA and uh, Stanford. I don't think uh, the Cardinal are going to score a lot of points against that UCLA defense. So, that being said, there are not only Pac-12's championship hopes but college football playoff hopes on the line here now the context of that particular statement is fascinating because for usc college football playoff hopes on the line yes for utah college football playoff hopes on the line yes for utah pac-12 title hopes on the line not technically but probably given that they still have to play oregon and washington i don't see them winning both of those games usc yeah. USC, though, not out of the Pac-12 title hunt because their one loss is to Notre Dame, which is out of conference here. So plenty at stake. But if the Trojans lose, everyone, again, will just kind of write them off and say, oh, they can't do this. And look, depending on how the game plays out, maybe that will be warranted. But I think the pressure is on USC, as I said at the top of the show, because of how they played last week, because of the fact that Utah doesn't have a true starting quarterback uh, behind center. But more is actually on the line for Utah. I can't remember a game like that recently, JT.
1: If you would have told me before the season that Cam Rising and Brant Keithy wouldn't have played a game and Utah would be playing at USC and they're ranked higher than USC, I, I would have thought you were crazy. And that's the situation we're in. Because you're right, and yes, U.S. Utah's still alive because it was crazy last year. They made it with two losses. Going to be even more cha- made the Pac-12 championship game. With two losses going to be more challenging for them to do it this year. And USC did lucked out by having that loss to Notre Dame, but just the perception around Utah, you know, the defense continuing to find ways to win versus. USC—it's not just lose—it's not losing to Notre Dame. There's losses, and you're like, like Oregon. We all feel good about Oregon still after their loss to Washington. Mm-hmm. You don't feel good after USC with that kind of a loss, mm-hmm. where even the defense has had issues so many other games this year, and now the offense is looking shaky with some of the issues they have with multiple top ten. Especially teams still JT,
0: because you know Oregon before the loss to Washington had been impressive, basically every week. Their Texas Tech game was a little shaky, but We're USC. Mm -hmm. right going back to week zero when they played san jose state it was like why are they moving the football so much this game is at the coliseum and then you look at arizona state and you're like wait they were favored by 34 why is this a game they're up 27 on colorado on the road and then you're like wait why is this a one possession game so when you factor all of that and stack it on top of the loss that came last week and how ugly it was i think that's why things are kind of materializing in a high pressure environment for the Trojans, and on Lincoln Riley going into this game because we saw the writing on the wall, and I thought Notre Dame would beat USC last week, and they did by even more than I thought they would, yeah. and so it, it just kind of begs the question: like this is such a pivotal moment. This is this is a season defining game for USC. I don't think there's any other way to see it. If you go out there and win this game the way that I'm about to predict uh, that they are going to, then USC still has all of their goals ahead of them both from a logistical standpoint of their record and also from a team caliber standpoint maybe they've made some progress and changes and such but if they go out there and somehow lose this football game it like does 8 and 4 sound crazy they got Oregon, Washington and UCLA on their schedule
1: the optics I mean just look awful of losing at home to Utah which you're just going to look back and go isn't this the team that beat them twice last year and took a Pac-12 championship them and obviously if Utah won then they won the line of scrimmage because that's the only way Utah is going to win this game with the difference at quarterback that we already highlighted so mm-hmm. it would just be like what is wrong it, it would turn into feeling good about the USC football program which we were two weeks ago to what is wrong with USC I mean sure Heisman Trophy winners and all this stuff but now they don't look like they can compete with the best teams in college football that's that's what we would be saying. So it, there's a lot at stake here for USC, and unfortunately, I, I think they're headed for a bad week of optics. I, I know I'm locked on Utes and all this, so I'm biased, and there's obviously some truth to that. But just once, I just believe so much in the matchup in the line of scrimmage, and I think Utah's got a real advantage there. There's also just these like whispers and rumors about questions about USC's toughness, which just make me uneasy about the state of the locker room right now. So I'm I, I'm very curious to watch this matchup play out. But I think the difference is gonna be the strength in the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball for Utah. And Utah will also win the turnover battle, which is gonna be huge in this one. They will turn the USC Trojans offense over at least twice, and they will not turn it over themselves, nabbing a narrow. 30 to 27 win and beating Utah, being USC, excuse me, for a fourth straight time, which seems crazy when you think about the position these two programs were in like 15 years ago, even.
0: It is indeed crazy. So JTA's got the Utes 30 to 27. I am sticking to my guns on the Trojans here. They are my favorite bet of the week, minus seven. I would like it more at six and a half. Sure. But, you know, a push is not a loss in the gambling world. So that could be all right. I think USC is able to cover that though. 38 to 27. They put up 43 point or 42 points on the road against Utah last year. This de- defense is every bit as good, but when you're playing at home, even if it's, you know, not the greatest home field advantage all the time, it's still an home field advantage or a home field advantage. English is a stupid language. So I've got USC 38-27. JT's got The Utes 30 to 27. He hosts Locked On Utes Monday through Friday on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I am the same for Locked On Pac-12. For JT So I'm Spencer McLaughlin. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. See you next time. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.